0: All right, so we're moving on. Um, I do have this set up right here. Um, I'm doing teaching lessons on a quarterly basis. So about every three months we'll move to a new topic. Um, inside of our, We're going to get into the Bible this time. Last session, when a lot of you guys came up, and we, it was a short session. I mean, it's hard to believe summer's over you over. Here we are. We just finished testimony. Hey, what, how important a testimony is. We're going to look at testimonies. You're going to hear me refer back to testimonies. Because remember what a testimony is? It's a witness. Think of another word. You're going to see the word witness a lot in John as we go through it a study. Start thinking, oh, there's a testimony here. I want you guys to start associating what's going on in the Bible. Because there's a lot going on. And there's a lot to still happen. And so that's why we're going to go through it. So we are going to go through um, the Gospel of John. I am going to give you guys a homework. Again, I'm going to challenge you. It's up to you if you want to rise up to the challenge. So, again, I'm going to say it. You can be a slacker. You cannot read your Bible. That's fine. God will deal with you. And God will deal with the situation. So I'm going to encourage you, as we go through our study, please read your Bible. And, again, the challenge is 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes. Can you give 10 minutes to the Lord and just reading his word that he's perfectly preserved for you 10 minutes I think that's something that's easy can be done it's easily can be done if you're so busy you don't have 10 minutes to the Lord I, I will actually come say then we need to talk we need to look at when you can find time with the Lord you need to have that time even Jesus and we'll see in the Bible that Jesus even had time that was private to the Lord so it's okay So 10 minutes, one chapter a day. That's all I'm asking. And I even sent out a a newsletter with Luke on where we're going. So after we're done with John, and there's 21 chapters in John, 21 days. You can have that whole book of John read in 21 days, one chapter a day. Then we'll jump over to Ephesians. And then we can look at Timothy and Titus. We can look at Thessalonians. What I'm trying to do is help you guys develop a pattern and a habit as we go through and read our Bibles and what it does is and this is, this is proven it takes 45 days to develop a habit I didn't say what kind of habit but a habit it takes 45 days to get it ingrained into you so it's part of your daily routine 45 days well half of that we can do with just the book of John as you read it daily one chapter a day and you're going to find that as you read that, you're going to want to read more. At least I do. And that will be the challenge is where we want to go through it. So just kind of be aware of that. And then, like I said, I kind of outline where you can go. And then as you get through, it's like, Ray, I'm having a tough time um, inside of here. And it's like, okay, and then let's look at some different options. Talk to me. Talk to Brianna. Talk to Nick. Not Talk to Kendra. Talk to Luke. Talk to Brenda. Talk to one of us It's say, like, Ray... I kind of want to study this out, and we'll help guide you, you know, and let you guys do your self-study. I do like reading. Um, Personally, I do enjoy reading more than vegging out in front of the TV, and I do too much of that, but I do like reading. Um, It sparks something going in your mind, and it starts doing that, whereas TV just feeds you everything you need, and it's like junk food. It feeds you. It's not healthy for you all the time a little bit here and there's good but reading will sustain you it's spiritual food especially when you read it from the bible so that's why i encourage you guys that's why i'm going to push it and i'm going to continue to push it because there's the other part of this as part of your testimony i can tell i'm not telling you if you're saved or not that's not my place to judge that but i can tell by your actions and your testimony if you're in the word are you reading God's Word? Are you asking questions? Are you having dialogue? And sometimes it's really easy. Pastors can do it with me. And in fact, I'm surprised they haven't called me out on it. And I called myself out on it, not being the Word daily. So please, let's get into the Word daily. I am going to challenge you, so I do have a memory verse. Actually, it's several memory verses. My challenge is before next Sunday. This is a cruddy marker. We're gonna kill that one. Never and I'm gonna pick one out of our where we're studying today. And the one that I want you guys to work on, you're going to go, Ray, that's a lot. Yes, it is. So I want you to do John 1, 1 through 5. You're like, Ray, why five verses? If It's a critical passage. It helps establish what we're going to do. And we'll talk about it here in a minute. And I don't want you to just flash memorize it. I want you guys to hide thy word in thy heart. I want you guys to put forth effort inside of her Because this actually helps establish inside of here what's going on. I do want to give you some background information about John before we get really into this. So today it's more of a historic and background information about John. And so we'll look at this. So we're talking the gospel of John. Quick question. What does gospel mean? Come on, you guys. Yes, Izzy. What? What? Do you know which language does it mean in good news? What language does it it translate from? No. Greek, yes. So I'm giving you some background. Again, background. Remember, at the time when the Gospel of John was written, there were three languages. Hmm. As you go through and start studying the Bible, the numbers have an application. Don't get caught up in the numerology of it. But it's kinda, it's kinda cool to see God working. You think of three. Three is a great example of strength. Why? If you think about it, there's three points to a triangle, there's three sides. The triangle is the strongest geometric shape that's out there. So as you guys go into, you know, algebra, geometry, and trigonometry, the triangle is the strongest shape. In fact, they call it triangulation. Um, I've been watching car shows and they've been making you know um, cages, roll cages in their cars. They make triangles to strengthen the roll cage if the car should ever roll over. They're making little triangles. Now they don't have to be perfect um, isometric triangles or I don't think that's the correct word. They don't have to be perfect um, um, triangles but they have to have three points and they got to have three sides to it. And that gives you strength. So think about that when you see the number 3, it's perfectly strong. There's strength in the number 3. Um inside there. So there's three languages that are spoken. Anyone remember those? At the time we already said one, we said Greek. Hebrew, Hebrew. one more. Aramaic. So there's three languages that are being taught right there. And our Bible is translated from those three. It's not just one. It's translated from both the Hebrew, the Greek, and the Aramaic texts inside there. So think about that. The Jews obviously spoke Hebrew. So the nation of Israel, that was their native tongue. Well, they were captive. They were captured by, actually at the time was Roman the Romans borrowed from the Greek so the so it's kind of an interesting history right there um, that you guys may get into in your world history classes the Greeks conquered the world and then the Romans conquered the Greek but the Romans were lazy and they just kept the Greek language in place so kind of think about that and eventually Latin took over but right now Greek was spoken as the common language kind of like English is is spoken throughout most of the world not everywhere but it is the primary language because it's the language of business and it's the, business, it's the language of air travel on there so there's a couple things to remember about that and so we have the number three so Greek, Hebrew and Aramaic also we, we kind of look at the timeline in the world we think of when Jesus Christ was born the Christmas story that we celebrate at Christmas time we think that's the start point. The calendar is kind of... We have the B.C. time, before Christ, and then Anno Domine. I think that's the right way of saying it, which is at, in our Lord, in the year of our Lord, is the Latin translation, what A.D. stands for. So we kind of reset the the timeline in the world when Christ was born. And then we also know that Jesus Christ when he began his ministry was right there at the beginning was at about the age 30 you know we say approximate i'm not going to get caught up in the details there's not a quiz on this maybe i should make a quiz on this oh yeah i you know i may have to start giving quizzes and start making you write them out and start grading them like school we don't want that so you need to participate and listen What was that? I'll have a conversation with your parents, just like a teacher would. We don't want that. You know what? I'm I'm a tougher teacher, so So, no, we're not going to do that. But guys, again, this is up to you. So Jesus began his ministry about 30 A.D., um, so that's about the time he was 30 years old. And of course, when he went to the cross, and when he was, you know, when he was crucified for us, you know, buried and rose again, he was 33. Um, the reason I'm telling you this is, um, in that three years, there was a lot of things going on. The Gospel of John that we have preserved today wasn't written when they were walking through the world at the time, right there, when Jesus was doing his ministry, you know, going to Caperna- Capernaum, they're going to Galilee, they were going to Jerusalem, they were going. John wasn't writing this at that same time. This was many years after. Um, so, looking at that historically, um, they and this is again, this it's kind of kind of being aware of it. Don't focus on dates specifically. This is the one time in history I will tell you. Have approximation because there's some, there's, there's grace inside of here. Some, some experts will say that, um, it was around 70 AD when John wrote the Gospel of John. And so, just kind of be aware of that. There was something that happened very big inside there in 70 AD. Does anyone know what that is? This is kind of this is a big one. We we'll have to probably look at this one a little bit. In 70 AD, the temple was destroyed, the physical temple in Jerusalem. Titus crushed it. I think it was Titus, not not Titus the not the Bible guy, one of the Roman rulers destroyed. And I, I may like I said just misquoted that, so I'll come back. But the temple, the physical temple that David and Solomon built. In Jerusalem was destroyed. So that around that same time, so it became apparent to John that we need to document this, and so John did that. But there's other scholars that said that he wrote it around 90 to 100 AD. So we have some diff- We have conflict right there. Again, that's what I'm saying. Somewhere between 70 and 100 AD. John documented the story and stories and the account of what Jesus Christ was doing um, as he was going through and ministering to everyone there. So again, some history right there. So we, we have that. Another thing that I want to share with you on this is if you look at how the Bible's written, so we have the four Gospels. You guys know what the four Gospels are, someone? What? It was Titus. Uh, thank you. Yep. Thank you, sweetie. So what are the four Gospels, Elena? All right, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So there's four accounts in the ministries of Jesus Christ. Now, I've said this phrase before, and I want you guys to understand this the Bible's written for you but not everything's written to you does that make sense the whole Bible's been perfectly preserved and I'm going to use that word a lot perfectly preserved for you does everything that's been perfectly preserved apply to you are you Jewish anyone in here observing the laws no we're not observing the laws we're not over here you know we're not we're not observing the kosher laws the laws that we have to keep at a certain level of cleanliness we're not observing that um, inside of here because we're saved by grace we're not saved by the law so I want you guys to kind of understand that so the Old Testament sets us up for why we have Jesus Christ. So you do need to study out what's going on because Christ does exist in the Old Testament. He does exist in the Old Testament. And it comes over into the New Testament. And that's when he goes into action. And that's when we become the church. And that's how we become saved. It's through Jesus Christ. Because we can never attain righteousness through the law. And we'll get into verses on that. So we want to talk about that. So Matthew is specifically written, and it talks about the kingdoms. And I've mentioned this before. And again, this is a little re- again a little review as we get started in the book of John. There's two kingdoms. Anyone remember what those are? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven what's the distinction between those I'm going to separate you two well kind of go through this the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom if you hear spiritual kingdom where does that apply to who does that apply to it applies to the church come on guys, you guys just know some of this some of you guys should know this so the kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom and that's how we get to heaven that's how we as believers in Jesus Christ and believers that are part of the church that's how we get to heaven then there's the kingdom of heaven that is a physical promise, it's a physical location and it is promised to the Jews This goes back to what we call the Abrahamic covenant. This is where God made the promise to make Abraham a great nation and a great people and gave him great land. And that's back in Genesis 12. God made that to Abram before he became Abraham. So that's what we call the Abrahamic promise, and it is to the nation of Israel or the Jewish people. So that is their promise. It is a physical kingdom. When Jesus Christ came... And you kind of go through and you start studying the Gospels, you'll start seeing in Matthew, they had the opportunity, the nation of Israel, the Jewish people of the time, they were so close to having both the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God at the same time. That's why he was there. And they said, no, you're not the Messiah. They rejected Christ. They rejected their inheritance. They rejected They rejected God. And that's okay. Because that's when the kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, excuse me, that's when the church was saying, okay, you want to reject me, that's fine. I still love you guys. You guys will still get your physical kingdom eventually. And so we have that. And that's where the church is, gets established. So they rejected it. And they lost their inheritance at that same time. And we do not take the physical kingdom. We do not get that. I want to make sure you guys understand that too. The kingdom of heaven is for the Jewish people only. We get the kingdom of God. And so we talk about Matthew, the kingdoms. If you had an overall theme for the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark, we see Christ as a servant. You guys also know that I'm big on the word stewardship and serving. You know, cause I'm not in charge. You know, there's others in charge. You know, they can go through It's my reasonable service to honor them. So we see that in a picture of, in the Gospel of Mark is service. So that's why I talk about being a servant and being a steward. So think about that as we go through it. The Gospel of Luke. We need to go through and look at the Gospel of Luke. We see Christ as the healer. God heals the heart. We have a hardened heart. Um, There's medical terms for that. There is actually a condition where you can harden your heart um, and go through it. Your heart doesn't work correctly. I mean, it's a physical part, but it's also a spiritual healing that we have available. And so the Gospel of Luke deals with in healing of our heart and then we have the gospel of John and that's what we're going to focus on we see Christ as the king we see his sovereignty as the word we want to see him as as he is the ruler of the universe alright so that's kind of a breakdown and a little historical background inside there I do want to kind of wrap up here and we're going to finish strong so get your Bibles out Again, I've talked about this. I'm going to repeat again and then we're going to really start hitting the ground running. So let's go to your, go to the gospel of John. John 1. You know, here's the thing too, as we get into this, you're going to see a lot of things happening, a lot of movements. Um, as we go through and look at this as we go through the gospel of John we're going to see this um, inside of here alright so I'm looking for a volunteer anyone want to volunteer alright you need to have a bible in your hand to volunteer you need to be open to the book of John Elena can you go ahead and read John 1 1 All right, quit laughing. It's okay. Excellent, thank you. This is this is a, this kind of sets the tone. Right there, we talk about that in the beginning. We see that one other time, and it's in the very beginning of what Genesis one. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the Word. All right. If you notice in our Bible, what is the importance we see letters capitalized? Come on, this is simple English. You guys are all sixth graders and above. Was that? Now, well, yes. In this case, it does in the Bible, but it's a proper name. So we're, we, we think English insider is a proper name. It, yes, it starts the sentence there, and we're starting with a preposition here in the beginning. So it does start. So it grabs your attention. And there's, hey, this is a statement. And then we see the proper name, the Word. Word is capitalized. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. All right, so we establish Jesus Christ's authority as the Word. Because if God is the creator of everything, and Jesus Christ is God, then there is no conflict there. We have established his authority. To be a sovereign ruler, you have to have authority. Right off the bat, the word was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. We've already established his authority. The same was in the beginning with God. So Christ has always been there from the beginning. We don't see him physically until 30, 33 years after the fact. All things were made by him. All things. God created everything. It kind of goes along to the joke, and I think I've told this before. A couple scientists were talking to God one day. And they're going, hey, God, we can make anything just like you. We can do this and do this. And God, being gracious, he goes, okay, Mr. Scientist, go ahead, show me what you can do. So, scientists go down, they go over here and they grab some dirt. God goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Get your own dirt. You see what I'm saying? God created everything. The scientists were taking what God had created and they were changing it. That's what man does. And it causes some challenges right there. The scientists didn't create anything from nothing, God did, though. It was a void. It was emptiness. And God created this. Don't believe me. Go read Genesis 1. It's right there. Don't, don't take my word for it. It is there. So all things were made by Him. Yes? Exactly. And so it was tying into what Moses was trying to do. The charlatans. The fakers. And you're gonna run into those people. In fact, they're on TV all the time. We call them TV evangelists. If you ever watch Joel Osteen, heaven forbid, don't watch that. If you want to talk about garbage, that is complete garbage. And I'll call it out, and if he wants to come after me, that's fine. Or Creflo Dollar. Those are charlatans. They're pretending. Send me your money. We're trying to give you guys spiritual food. We're sending you the Bible. This is where it's at. So all things are through there and God gave us this. And when He made this, He made man. Remember He created Adam? And life was the light of men. We are the light. God breathed life into man. That was incredible. There's life and that life is light. You know, and the light shineth in darkness. You know, when you have people that you're dealing with, people know when the light is there. When people know that you're a believer in Jesus Christ, they see it. They see it. They see it in your your mannerisms. They see it in your body language as just something that radiates from you. There's a joy. That's light that light comes from the Lord. And the darkness doesn't understand that joy. That's the battle. The darkness didn't understand The serpent didn't want Adam and Eve to be the light of the world. They didn't want to have them to have that light. He was trying to take that light away. Because remember, darkness is the absence of light. You know, that's why they move in shadows. That's why we want to move in daylight. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. And that's why the darkness can't comprehend it. So kind of think about that as we go through and start reading it. So we cover that. That's going to be your challenge. And I tell you what, since there's five memory verses, you can do this um, without any aids. And I don't want flash memory. What I'm talking about flash memory is I challenge you. I don't want you just to go through, oh, Ray, I, just, I, I have it. I want to go over there. Hey, you have the memory verse? You have the memory verses down? And then you can just rattle off the five verses. And I'll find a way. We'll find something that we can do as a prize because it's five verses. If you can memorize those five verses, and again, hide thy word in thy heart, I'll, I'll find something that we can do. Maybe take you out to dinner, uh, gift card, something like that. I want to reward you guys for your effort. I don't want it to be just... Oh, yeah, I have it memorized. You looked at the Bible verses and you flash memorized it. What he means by flash memorizing is that you just can spell out the words. But if you can, what he's wanting you guys to do is to memorize the verses but really look into what those verses mean and apply it to your life. That's what he means by memorizing it in your heart. Flash is just, I can spot these words, but you don't understand what they really mean. It's like multiplication tables. As you go through and do multiplication tables, 2 times 2 is 4, 2 times 3 is 6. Those are memorization. That's flash memorization. But do you understand the concept behind that? How can you explain 2 times 2 to show you that it equals 4? Can you justify it? That's when it becomes real inside of you. And so that's my challenge for you guys. Right, and when yeah, and when those two come together, like we did on Wednesday night, that's when we have it, and it becomes wisdom. And this, these verses become part of your wisdom toolbox, so to speak. So it's there for you when you need it. All right. So again, we want to go through. I want you guys, again, the challenge is, I've already set the table. I've already set the standard. One chapter a day. 21 chapters in the Gospel of John, 21 days. Do you want to read more, I'm not going to say no. Ten minutes. It takes ten minutes to read 51 verses in John 1. Ten minutes. Can you give ten minutes to the Lord? alright and then can you also commit to that Lord five memory verses from there it's up to you alright and then those that can do the memory verse I will find something reasonable um, something worthwhile and we'll have a positive reward on that okay yes Bryson well let me put it this way I'm going to say no Okay, I'm 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 gonna to be tough. I'm gonna to be fair. I wanna see effort. If I say yeah, you can only do it halfway, then that's not gonna cut it. And the reason I say that is Jesus didn't die for half the people of the world on the cross. He died for the whole world. He died all, he gave it all and was buried and rose again. So that's my reason why I'm gonna say no. Okay? That's my justification. Christ didn't die for half the world. He died for the whole world. Okay? So that's why I'm going to say no. It's up to you to try. I want to see effort. I don't want to see, oh, uh, you know, I I got two of them, Well, I want five. God wants five. God wants you to hide thy word in thy heart, so he may not sin against thee. All right? That's in Psalm 119. Hide thy word in your heart, so you may not sin against him set your affections on things above not on this earth that's in Colossians 3 2. focus on God that's what I'm saying, 10 minutes a day and I tell you this if you do this and you do it with, with an honest effort God's going to do something for you and it's going to open up your heart it's going to open up your mind and you're going to have opportunities those are going to be called blessings there's also going to be challenges. It is hard. So, you know, find the time. I recommend it in the morning, but I understand school schedules and everything else. That's fine. But you need to give 10 minutes to the Lord. All right? You guys up for that challenge? I think you guys are capable. I know you guys are capable. It's just you have to want to do it. You want to spend 10 minutes a day with the Lord. And that's a lifetime for some people. All right. Well, I got to stop here, guys. Um, any questions? All right. Next week we'll get into more detail. Um, we'll start going through. We'll go. We'll finish up John one. We'll get into John two, and we'll kind of keep a, a, a pretty pace right there. And if you have any questions about what you've read in John, please ask. Please. This is our time. And right here, this is how we learn together. All right. With that being said, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll go ahead and be dismissed for service.